0: Kevin Pruitt, and we have another episode of Rising Tide Startups, early 2019, and my guest today is Stephen James. Stephen, thanks for joining us all the way from lovely England.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to
0: it. So share a little bit uh, to our listening audience, who is Stephen James?
1: Yeah, well, I've got to say, first and foremost, I am a father. Uh, I'm a single dad. I've got a little girl uh, who's six, and that's that's one of the main reasons why I do what I do now. Um, But what I actually do is, I'm a life architect and startup business mentor. So in essence, without sort of waffling on too long, a lot of that centered around helping people to start up a business that's 100% aligned with the lifestyle they want, Mm -hmm. as opposed to starting a business to escape something only to find out it just becomes another expensive job. So what I help people to do is discover, design and create their ultimate future and then that enables them to look for the opportunities and see the opportunities that allow them to create the vehicle that let them have that lifestyle so
0: so how did you arrive on the term life architect that's that's a unique use of the term i i really i really i think that is a creative use so
1: yeah um it's it's an interesting one i um i i've had a coach now for i think 3 years now i've had a coach a life coach mm-hmm. and it's been absolutely fantastic Um, But a couple of years ago, when I actually started to really get into actually helping other people do what I was able to do, was I realized that life coaching's great, and the whole aspect around sort of asking a better question to get the best answer is fantastic. But sometimes what most people are doing is it maybe takes them one, two, maybe three years to actually really figure out what it is they actually want to do,
0: Sure.
1: as opposed to having a strategy and going, do you know what, if I started with the end in mind, and so... What I realized was, and after I was in construction for 17 years. Mm-hmm. So my job was basically, it was sort of senior management in terms of sort of contract management, project management. But I thought to myself, "Is like we we could never take a client's, you know, 10, 20, 30 million pound vision and make it into a reality unless we actually know what it was we wanted to create first. So an architect would obviously put that vision together, something that was tangible that people could look at they did to get there was as I call it unstoppable with intent but everything they did had intent as opposed to just bouncing around from potential solution thinking that's gonna make me feel a bit better if I do this or if I do that you know things will be better than what they are and what I realized was if we actually start with the end in mind and I don't just mean a vision or anything like that I mean actually having a strategy we can make sure that everything we do is, is is with intent and really effective. So I thought to myself, quite often, what, whereas with a life coach, which I say I, I would never be without one, I'm able to get, help people sort of get similar results in about 8 to 12 weeks as opposed to sort of dragging the process out of the 2 to 3 years because it doesn't just try and cope with where you are. It's going, where do you want to be? Okay, let's now find the opportunities to get you in as fast as possible. So I thought life architect just distinguishes me, um, but also actually... One of the main ones is it, it's it's a
0: conversation starter. Oh, so. for sure, for sure, and I I uh, I really do appreciate the fact you you actually sent me your book before the uh, interview, and I uh, got it right before Christmas, and had a chance. It was a great timing because I had had some time over break to to really dive into it, and and I read every page of this oh, book. Wow. So one thing I and I will we'll circle back and, and talk about this later, but you you touched on it just a little bit about starting with the end in mind. One thing I really appreciated about your book was the fact that, and I've read a number of books kind of in this same space, blog articles, listen to podcasts, YouTube videos. One thing I appreciated is that you were not afraid to take on kind of the accepted norms and say, and almost, uh, you know, call them out and say, nah, they're taking the mick here on you. Um, So I, I really appreciated the fact that, that, you know, you, there was no fear in the 220 pages or whatever the the book holds that says, you know, just because people have said it over and over and over again, doesn't mean that it's actually true in in practice. And I mean, I, I'm gonna we'll have a link for your book on the on the, the the show notes, but I really appreciated the fact that that there were no sacred cows, you know, in oh. your book, and that you were like, you know we're going to test these theories. We're, we're going to assume nothing, you know, trust, but verify, you know, the, the whole mantra there. And the, I really appreciate the fact that you are starting with the end in mind, as you said, um, because so many, so many of these, of these processes. And I mean, I've done it myself. I mean, helped people through the process to say, okay, let's find out. Let's first discover who you are. And then, then we'll kind of work through the process. And, and it is a, it could be an endless journey. You know, yes. if you really don't know, okay, so now that I found out who I am, but I still don't know where I'm going, or I still don't know what I'm trying to achieve at the end of that. So I'm like, I'm building a bridge, but I don't know how far the bank is on the other side. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, yeah. so anyway, I I I don't I called to interview you, not to interview me. So <laughs> if you want to yeah. touch on that just a little bit.
1: I, I, you, the analogy you said is that's fantastic, and i tell you where it came from, Kevin, was because I, I myself, you know, I, um, I won't spoil this, you know, later on I'm going to talk about sort of what's the, the life quote I live by. Uh, I'll, I'll say that for a moment. But what I realized was I've, I've got a very obsessive personality. So ever since a young kid, when I wanted to learn to do wheelies on my push bike, I'd give myself blisters on my hands. When I got into bodybuilding, I'd become obsessed with everything I did. And I've done the same personal development. Initially, it was for me. It was because I needed to do it. But then when I got into it and I started going to the events and you know in December last year I was at David Destiny you know it's five thousand pounds so to get you know and then to get there Business Mastery last year in Vegas and at the end of all these events people would say to me I still don't know what I want to do I've even come to Business Mastery and I don't even have a business idea and when I speak to people it's like well what to so the people that did have ideas they're like how would you feel about doing that business in three, four, five years' of time? Well, does it excite you? No, not really. And I realised what everyone's trying to do is just trying so hard to move away from pain in the present, which we know is a fantastic motivator, as opposed to going towards unbelievable pleasure, which I've got in my second book, Unstoppable Secrets. Because they didn't start with the end in mind, like you like you said, and they're just going, do you know what? I'll, I'll figure the next step out when I get there. Yeah. But if we just decided where we wanted to go in the first place, we could then find the most direct. I'm not saying that we go; it's direct. I'm not saying that it's easy, sure. but just like the plane, as we know, you know they put the, the, you know they put the destination in, and it zigzags all the way, but it gets there as opposed to bouncing all over the place. Yep. Um, and that and that's why I did it, and that's why I wrote the book because the, the personal development movement's fantastic, but the whole time, after spending over a hundred thousand pounds. And, 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 and I mean, I, I calculated up to last year, I'd spent about 10,000 hours. Mm. And that with with the quote where, you know, you become a, a, an expert after 10,000. It was nothing to do with Right, kind it. of the tipping point, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even that. It was just like, oh, wow, over three years this is what I spent. And I got so frustrated that I couldn't find, like, an all-in-one step-by-step solution to help me discover what I wanted first so then I could see how to get it. So there's a bit in the book that talks about Change the fulfilment, not the figure, it's far more exciting and you'd be more far more inclined to do whatever it takes and actually see better opportunities when you go, you know, for me, what holidays do I want to have next year? As opposed to going, I need to get out of debt. You know, that doesn't really instill any kind of inspiration or excitement. So by starting with the end in mind and going, what would my ideal day look like? What would my ideal day, my, you know, my ideal sort of um, year look like? All that sort of thing. Not going really into too much detail, yeah. not sort of planning. Point where you you set yourself up to fail, um, you can then see the opportunities that were always there, right? Uh, and and go and go and go to it in the most direct route possible. That's that's what I do.
0: So just just once again to uh, verify that the book was read. The last three things you mentioned were all three mentioned in your book. So the you know the going to the conference and people still hadn't figured out what it was, and then I I actually wrote down. Um, Oh focus on the fulfillment, not the figures that was one of the one of the things I wrote down that you mentioned in chapter seven of your of your book so uh this this is really good stuff and i appreciate it so i I wanted to uh ask you because we lived in the u k for nine years, so um I'm a yank that has had experience over with our you know our close cousins in the in the u k but I understand and I think people in the states understand really well when you talk about life coaching or life architecture or whatever. But let's say that you and I are getting on an elevator in the UK. We're in London. We're going up in the Gherkin building, and and I ask you, what do you do? And you turn to me and you say, life architect. So, how do people respond first, and then secondly, give me your elevator pitch as we're going up the elevator.
1: And the first thing people say is, um, and this also happens like when I get people friend request me on Facebook and they see it and they're like, what? Well, they message me and say, what actually is that? And often it's called <laughs> Yeah. Um, And I'll transition into that in a minute. Um, But yeah, what I would say is I'm a life architect um, and also a startup business mentor because the two, I've I've combined the two because I realized that nobody actually really wants to know how to discover design and create their ultimate future. As sad as it sounds, it's like nobody really really wants that. People just want money. They want to know, Mm. I need to earn money. And I, I got so frustrated by the whole financial and time freedom, you know, videos that come up on YouTube all the time. And everyone's missing the fulfillment. Yeah. We, we've all seen celebrities and lottery winners, got a lot of money, totally miserable, and all that sort of stuff. So I would often say, life architect, and people go, oh, what's that? And then I would say, I help people to discover that and create their ultimate future so they can then live their life with unstoppable intent. And even that, to some people's life, I really don't know what that actually means. So then what I'd probably say to them is, if you were to sort of rate your, you know, how you would, you know, your life on a scale of one to 100 so far, what would you say? And they'd say maybe 60 or 70. And then they would say to them, what would make it just another five points higher? And the reason why I use numbers, because when you say to someone, how do you feel? And they go, I feel rubbish or naff or whatever. It, that's not very tangible. That's not measurable. Right. But when I get people to use numbers, so like, how do you feel on a scale of 1 to 10? They don't have to... As opposed to, what emotions are you feeling? They're like, I I don't know what emotions I'm feeling. Sometimes, especially when in such a state. So I use numbers. So I would say to somebody, if we were on the elevator, I'd say, okay, what would give you another five points? And I could almost guarantee that you would probably say, not you specifically, but, you know, 99 times out of 10, people say to me, I actually don't know. And I was like, and if you don't know, you're never going to see any opportunities Mm -hmm. or act on them get there yeah and so that's that's the kind of way i tend to describe it so what I, so then they start to go oh right i get what you mean now and just like a child at christmas time you give them a, you say right your list to santa and they say i don't know what i want then santa would basically give you whatever you you know not going to give you what you want it's going to give you something and that's what happens in life so i tend to use just little analogies like that so people can understand that you know we can't really have anything we want we just need to decide what that is first Then we'll see the opportunities to get it, and then we'll start to build the clarity and the desire that will help us attain that. And I think a lot of people, I see a lot of Facebook Lives and coaches on Facebook, and I'm not knocking them, they're great, but a lot lot of them center around fear. Fear is the number one corner that stops people from living the life that they want or having anything. I genuinely don't believe it is. I think it's the first thing is that they don't even know what they want in the first place. Mm. That could be the fear of not disdainting but...
0: Say that again. Say that again. I want to make sure our listeners catch that one.
1: Yeah. So I I generally don't believe that it's, you know, people focus on fear. Fear is what stops people from doing what they, you know, they need to do or have more, be more, become more, take action. And I generally don't believe it's the fear that stops us. I think it's the fact that we don't know what we do in the first place. I feel like fear is the second thing. Mm -hmm. Fear, when you decide what you want and then you go, right, I need to do something about this that's when fear might sure. you might say but if you've got no clarity on what you want, for your business your health whatever it may be or why you want that then then you don't even get to the fear stage really there the might be the thing of the fear of failure because you don't want to decide what you want in case you don't get it because you're fearing failure and what I have to say to people is you fail by default then because you don't you haven't even tried you can't expect to have something you've not even decided what you you want in the first place if that
0: makes sense what i mean as you were as you were talking i was thinking you know the the flip side of that coin too is the fact that sometimes i think we're once we determine what it is we're really striving for and what that goal is and we really have that clarity of mind and that you know that steel focus i think fear kind of is driven out at that stage too so i mean it's it's you know, it, it everything has kind of the dark side, the light side. You know, the 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 top of the coin, the bottom of the coin type thing. So, um, I, I love the fact that you that you touched on that because, you know, many many times people talk about fear is the one thing that's stopping you from doing whatever, but it may just be clarity. Yes. That may yes. be what's stopping you. Fear may may be the resistance that you know, like Stephen Pressfield talked about in. I think the uh the the war of art. But uh I think that you're right. I think it is it is the fear that that, that is kind of manifesting through uh almost uncertainty. Yes. You know, that you you don't have the certainty of, of the goal that you're you're trying to achieve. And we're gonna we're gonna circle back, but there's a couple of couple of different quotes that you listed in your book that I wanna touch on before we kind of get into the deep dive portion of the of the, the conversation here, but one thing you talked to there was one from Einstein that says we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. What a great quote. And how how many times we try that. You know, yes. I mean we we when, even if we're trying to solve our own problems. I mean, we're probably the source of the of the problem anyway and we're trying to use that the cause of the problem to solve the, the issue. Another thing you said is that as humans we are designed to constantly make progress.
1: Yes.
0: I mean, if if we really kind of even captured those two simple truths, I mean, how much different would our life be tomorrow? Oh,
1: no. And and I, you know, when you, my little girl now, you know, she they give them stickers at school for anything, you know, for reading. Everybody That's gets
0: a, a trophy. Totally.
1: <laughs> yes. And that's that's a podcast for another day. Not on that one. <laughs> <that's> the <laughs> whole millennial thing. Yeah. But yeah, I just when you you know even if even if you move into a house and you get ninety percent of it done, but then you're living in ten percent of it that's unfinished, and you live in that for a year, you feel frustrated. You maybe have run out of money, but actually, if you just did a little thing each day, you know, finish something off here and there, maybe you would get a sense of progress, which would alleviate the frustration. Yeah which obviously comes back to what I talk about in the book, is focus, you know, focus is everything, So whatever we focus on, we feel. But yeah, you, you, you're right, Kevin, and I, I think that a lot of us feel, you know, it's wrong to want more. I, I've got all this stuff, and therefore I should not want more. And we can look and say, look at the people in third world countries that don't have anything like and we should just be appreciated for what we have. Mm. And that is so true. We should appreciate what we have, we should be grateful for it, and all that sort of thing. But at the same time, if we actually are able to do, become experienced more, we can do more for other people. So don't feel bad about wanting more. You know, it's it, it's not like be happy with what you've got because you've got more than somebody else. It's like, what could you do if you actually had more or became yeah. more? Yeah. You know, that's, and that's, I to people, it's got to start with you. You know, like Tony Robbins talked about, put your mask on first on the airplane. I'm the most selfish person you could imagine because I get such a buzz out of helping people. And that book, you know, it took me like four weeks in the end by the time I edited the second time around, just 14, 15 hours a day. That book won't make me much money, but I wanted to give something that was affordable for other people who, you know, were like me a few years ago, it was just like, well, someone just tell me what to do. Mm. These quotes, these videos, I still listen to them all the time anyway, but they don't actually help you actually achieve anything most of the time. It's only when you start taking action, isn't it? And but, yeah, going back to that is, yeah, the, the, you know, the feeling of progress. As long as it's, t- you know, I know sometimes we can start to get off track and, you know, want to be, imp- I've, I, you know, last year was a real test of, of patience. last year for me. I was like, I'm not where I wanted to be straight away. But there's nothing wrong with wanting more. You know, I want to help hundreds of thousands of people. That's not because I'm a saint. That's because, actually, I'm being quite selfish. It makes me feel good. And I, it's my gift to, you know, to help other people not go through what I did mm. sort of thing, you yeah. know. So uh, it's okay one more. That's basically, you know, and the, because the progress feels
0: really good. Sure. So, one thing I didn't ask you about give me your give me kind of the transition. You you mentioned that you had been in in the kind of the construction industry for a number of years, maybe maybe seventeen years or so. Tell me what was that point that, that flipped you from that industry to what you're doing today.
1: It was basically, I, everything I was working harder. at, I, I worked in construction, I climbed the ladder very quickly, by the time I was 30, you know, there was a lot of people old, like in the 20, 30 years older than me that I was in charge of, sure. uh, massive of right responsibility, but never had an issue with that, never, at 18 years of age I was, you know, senior positions working as a waiter and I just never had an issue with responsibility, and if I do something wrong, I'll say it, I'm not bothered. Um, but then what happened was I got to 35 years of age. Um, I also had a business, uh, sports and health supplement shop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I used to get more pleasure out of helping people than actually selling them something. I wasn't the best salesman, really. <laughs> uh, I got such a buzz again out of helping people. Um, and I, I, you know, like my relationship fell apart. And you know, when you come home, or what was your home for seven and a half years, and you, you used to race home every day to see my, you know, my ex fiancee, adored it to bits until the day we split up realized that everything I was working hard at was just actually just destroying my personal life. Mm. And I was never going to get this time back again. And some people get bored of hearing this story that that know it. It's like when you can't even read your daughter a bedtime story, it's like there's something wrong here, yeah. you know. And what's crazy is we all see people living, you know, lives of freedom, flexibility. We admire people. We sometimes hate people, you know. the. me. Kind of, forgive me. Um, The Kardashians became famous because people didn't like them, but we watched them. But we never actually really do anything about it. We never say to ourselves, how could I get that? What, you know, that looks great. I'm not not actually jealous of them, but how do I get that? Mm -hmm. And for me, the transition was, um, I can't keep going as I am. Now, that was the first turning point, sort of five years prior. But 18 months after that, something really bad happened. And... Um, It went beyond not even being able to read my daughter a bedtime story. and Because this is, I I keep it very private. because Sure.
0: You don't need to dive into anything you don't want to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But that was the point where I was like, oh, my goodness. And what happened was, something happened where I was like, why would someone do that? Why would someone do that to me? Or that would affect somebody else. And I got really obsessed with why we do what we do. Mm. And a real understanding of seeing things from a different perspective. And all of a sudden, and people were like, you know, bad mouthing that person. I was like, no, no. I said, our perce- our, perspe- our perception is our reality. Now, this took me a while to get this. I mean, sure. I was go I, I into the books because I was in so much pain, mm-hmm. which comes back to the pains where the growth is. And I was like, I got really, really obsessed. And I'd go to the event and I was getting massive results. Within four months of investing into a life coach, I'd quit my job. Within 12 months, I'd earned 50% more than I'd ever earned. And I went on more holidays than I'd been in 17 years. But I'd go to these events and these people and, and, and speak to friends and family and colleagues and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness. I, I was like I became that best friend on the other side of the, you know, the come back to the cinema and it's like, you've got to go to that, that film. It's yeah. amazing. And everyone's like, oh, we well, just stop talking about it all the time. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, it's amazing. And but what I realized was there was people that had been into personal development, business mastery, all this sort of stuff for many, many years, mm-hmm. but had made no progress. And all we're doing was literally, and this is from Tony Robbins, it's just become another expensive job. Mm. They had ideas they didn't know what to do with them. They had businesses that, that were making them miserable. You know, well, I'm just living for retirement. It's like you might not even make it to retirement. You know, not to say to be reckless. And I realized the biggest thing, Kevin, was that I realized nobody knew how to break down. They didn't know how to discover what they wanted in the first place properly. But they also didn't know how to break down even the bits that they did know that what they wanted. Right. Like this is crazy. Like how are people spending five thousand to go to a seminar, four or five thousand for a coach? And at the end of it they're still like, I really don't know what I want. And do you know what? I've just pursued a lot of dreams, goals, desires that just leave me feeling discontent. I'm just disappointed. Mm. This wasn't how it was meant to be. So that's how I transitioned into going from being in construction and, and taking somebody else's big vision, i.e., you know, a client's multi million pound project. Breaking that down, I was the man that said, Stephen, we've got a £10 million job. We can't even we can't even price it properly. That's the budget. We can't even price it properly until so we broke it down and know how it's going to take. So it would always be me that got that job and didn't used to like it because it never went quite to plan, but we always got it done on time. We always got it done under budget or we made a lot more money than what other people would have done. But I realised nobody else knew And I thought that was just something everyone could do. Know what they wanted, break it down, and uh, and then go after it. But I realized after each of these events, these people didn't know what to do with it. They were so overwhelmed by information. And then it was just the other year when I I met with some people at the end of the last day and I just asked a few questions. How do you feel? How would you sum up the event? Oh, amazing, amazing. I was like, what are you gonna do next? Oh, I I know that's what I'm gonna do. What is it? Because it just comes back to an idea in our head, but until we write it down, I really think about it. And so I'd ask him, and I did it on purpose, I just wanted to connect with people and I'd leave it till the last day. I wouldn't tell people what I did all week. I'd just be asked, I'd all, all about them. Just I never used to be. I was always like talking about me, me, me all the time. But over the years it's like, I'm actually more interested in what other people. And I would ask them a few questions and by the end of it they're like, oh my goodness, I've been here for six days and I've been all about finding the ultimate future, whatever it may be. No idea what to do with it. And within five or six questions They'd be like, oh, my goodness, I know exactly what I needed to do. I know that all of that would have been a complete waste of time. And and then they'd go into the room and say, that guy's like a magician. And that someone came up to me and went, that guy's just called you a magician. What have you done? I would just show them some of my strategies. And, and they're so simple. Um, and people were like, oh, my goodness, that's, that's crazy. And what started to happen was I started to get coaches coming to me that were actually were struggling. And what I realized was with the coaches, they had – just as lack of clarity as the people sure. that were in it. Yeah. I, I and it was, I felt so certain it's like you're helping people get clarity but you have no clarity and I realized it was a bit of an epidemic really because everybody's trying to escape where they are as opposed to trying to find out where they want to go first and they're just literally moving the goalpost. post um, what a great just, point
0: yeah. can, I, can I touch on that you just said everybody is is trying to escape where they are instead of instead of what, what was the second bit
1: Oh yeah! Instead, of decide
0: where they want to be. Decide where they want to be. What a yeah. what a great point. I mean, and I, and I think you've touched on that so many times in your book. I mean, the the whole. I mean, if, if you want to start from A to Z here, and go through the entire entire book. Appreciate the Z there from a yank. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really is. I mean, it. The whole the whole purpose of this is is you know, creative life of, of focus, fulfillment, freedom, and financial abundance kind of the four Fs that you talk about in the book. And like I said, there will be a a, a link to the book in the in the show notes. And I wanna I wanna just kind of transition a little bit here and just take a really deep dive into into Stephen James psyche here. And so give me give me a life quote, just a one line life quote that, that you that really drives you.
1: I, I wish it wasn't this one, but I can't seem to find anything better or a better strategy than is And that is the pain is where the growth is. Sure. I, I, and I and I wish it wasn't like that. And it's my mission to crack the code and help people, you know, try and find a way of not having to get to the pain before you do whatever it takes. But for me, whenever, you know, last year was a real event for the year. Um, and every time I just have to remind myself when, you know, our emotions dip, you know, we. we can't sustain it all the time um but the pain is where the growth is and so that's that's the one i live by yeah
0: so in the in the kind of the pre-show notes i, I mentioned that I, I wanted you to kind of take us on a little tiny micro course right at the end of this and and maybe kind of three steps to to really solidify our, our chat i mean i've thoroughly enjoyed just just getting to know you over the over skype and and just hearing your story and, and kind of the value bombs you've been dropping in the last 30 minutes or so, but really drive it home. So teach our audience, give us, give us kind of a three point, four point, whatever of, of that really is drilling down into maybe finding clarity or you, you this is your time. You, you take it in whichever direction you want to, but what do you think would be really valuable in the next couple of minutes just to, uh, to leave with our listening audience?
1: It's a great question, Kevin, and I can answer that with specificity because um, just recently, and this isn't a plug, by the way, but this is just something I find. Hey, plug worth,
0: away, buddy. Uh, part of part of what we do here is promoting your stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what I did just before Christmas, which will be launching soon, um, I just got sidetracked with a, a coaching program I've done. I just launched something called the Inevitable Success Steps for Coaches. But what I did just before that was I literally cracked the code. When everyone says I don't know what I want, And I realised was, and this is comes back to, I think it's four steps it works out, Kevin, so this will answer that question. What is the one thing that we all want more of? And you could define it down to a particular emotion like fulfilment or happiness, you know, whatever it is, whether we want to buy something, everything we do, we do because of the way we want it to make us feel. Many of the times people are operating from a place of doing things that they don't really want to do, but it's just to avoid the pain. But in answer to your question, is... All we want more of is, is fulfillment. At the end of our life, it's fulfillment. And as I talked about in the, you know, not about what we want, what we need. The value of exercise is that fulfillment is the is the ultimate goal. We can want contribution, wealth, progress, health, whatever it may be. But fulfillment is the end goal. But what most people do is, I don't know how to actually get that. I don't really know what I want in the life. So the four steps I would say to anybody, and I believe this is the ultimate shortcut for anybody to find out what they want in any area of their life. I wouldn't try and. Sometimes we've got a habit to make things sound so simple. If we got the cat possibly that simple, it actually is. But maybe just do it one area at a time. And the way it starts is, do you know what? What is, the, what is the dominant negative emotions that we feel right now? This is like a four-step process. What is the dominant negative emotions we have in one area of our life? And the best way to do this is like, draw a piece of paper, get a piece of paper, and draw an unhappy, unhappy face on there. Just write down four or five emotions. And for the Master Your Day, Master Your Life program, we do that based on what a typical day looks like. What are the negative emotions that go through your mind on a typical day? Write those emotions down. The ne- next step is then to draw a smiley face on the opposite side of the page and put, what is the complete opposite of those four or five emotions you just wrote down? And emotions and feelings are quite similar, so I wouldn't obviously distinguish and say, you know, it's got to be that. It could even be thoughts. It could be, I feel frustrated. Anything like that, negative. And then the positive version. Now, our emotions aren't tangible, but that's the one thing we all want more of. We all want the better emotions. So how do you find out, how do you make your emotions tangible? The best way to do it is to say to yourself is, what is the last time, as opposed to going into the future because it's too difficult, start with, when was the last time I felt that particular emotion? So you might have felt frustrated. Now you feel fulfilled. Okay, when was the last time you felt like that? And just come up with two or three experiences because our emotions aren't tangible, but the experiences that we have that create those emotions are, are completely tangible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what we can do is go, right, when was the last time I had two or three experiences that made me feel that one? Do that for each of them. Within about 15, 20 minutes, it takes you from a place of complete lack of clarity to like, oh my goodness. And and I can get people to change them. I, I've done this another program called the Emotion Switch. And I can get people, sometimes they come up to me, they've been through counselling, they're on, in tears, they're on antidepressants. And within two minutes, I can have them like, butterflies in their stomach and I'm like that's how fast you can change how you feel so you get the experiences of the past and then after that once we've got the experiences of the past we can then look at what experiences in the future would replicate those feelings mm. and what happens is that puts people in such a state where they go from a negative emotion to a positive one back to a past experience where they felt that that positive emotion it puts them in, in a state where they can start to think and feel about the things they'd like to do in the future. And it doesn't work if you just go straight to what do you want? Yeah. Sounds like the rabbit in the, you know, the, the sort of headlights, doing the sure. headlights. And and that's and that four-step process you can use for any area of your life, your business. Wake up on the morning, what's frustrating you? Okay, what's the opposite of frustration? What's the past experience? And then you start to see, and literally – Uh, The the Master Your Day, Master Your Life programme, what happens is people who, you know, I had a young lady who's got three children. She's working till late at night just to try and keep on top of things and totally stressed out. We did this process for the Master Your Day, Master Your Life programme. She realised once we went through this, because she was in such a, she's like, how can my life be any different to what it is right now? It's X, it's been like this for years. Literally the following day, by the time we finished the process, she was able to have 35% of her ideal day the following day. She just didn't realize what she's doing. So you can use that for any area of your life. Um, and, um, and then that, what that does is it turns your emotions into tangible results, which the quality of our whole lives is determined by our emotions. So um, we just need a bit of help to work out to do that.
0: So let me recap. So you, you, so the first one is is identify your dominant negative emotions or emotion, emotions, plural, singular, however. Then the second is is identify your dominant positive emotions, the the euphoric feelings. Third is look back, you know, kind of go back, travel back. When was the last time you felt that euphoria, in essence, in that experience? And then the fourth one is how do you replicate that in the future? Try to replicate that in the future. So um, those those will certainly be in the show notes and... um, Man, what a what a way to wrap up our interview today with uh, you know just kind of a, a free mini coaching course, a, a life architect course that you you dropped on our audience right there, and and I want to encourage our audience to order this book on Amazon. It's called Happy and Wealthy by Stephen James, and it's available in the U.S. Uh, on our Amazon store and in, in the U.K. and Probably in, in many different stores around the world, Amazon stores. But it is a great book and and certainly worth the worth the cost because um, if you really follow the steps, it's got great exercises at the end of each chapter too that that uh, will really help you get clarity as you as you work through the. It really is a course in a book. I mean, or maybe multiple courses in a book. So I want to encourage our audience to, to touch on that and and just leave us with uh, just kind of a parting thought and and uh, once again, just thanks again for. For just being being uh, on the show today? Yeah.
1: Do you know what? My, my closing thought probably would be, Kevin, is I, I really believe that it's it's not a luxury for anybody to live an amazing life. It is our right. And we can have anything we want as long as we just decide what that is first. And it's not to say that it'll always be, you know, you'll get it straight away. But once you know what you want, you can go to it in the most shortest and direct route possible. Um, so, yeah, don't ever feel like where you are right now it has to be where
0: you got to stay so tell tell our audience where they can find you online
1: yeah the best place to connect with me online really is is my is on facebook everybody's okay. on there yeah these days um so that's uh, at Stephen james okay. so you can connect with me on there um and then uh, and be and, and some new sort of upcoming sort of free resources on there and um, even an opportunity to get my my latest book unstoppable See. C- secrets that's that's quite a nice quite short read and i also have a website so if anyone wants to check out sort of the kind of services the things that i do a little bit more about me and also a little bit more about stuff they can learn straight away for themselves without needing anybody's help and that is sjnewlife.com
0: sjnewlife.com
1: yeah
0: great
1: yeah and and that's that's a fantastic resource on the services page not for me to sell you anything i don't like selling and you if you go to the bottom there you'll see loads of hints and tips on you know How can I possibly, you know, remove limiting beliefs in seconds? How can I do all sorts of stuff? But you'll see why, you know, we don't often get results we have and quickly how to shift that. So that's a secret. You want to know a bit more about me?
0: Stephen, I can't thank you enough for coming on and and, uh, just really giving us a a kind of a master's level course on life architecture today. And I just want to thank you again for playing your part in just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great Um, day, mate. Thank you very much. Fantastic you're doing, Kevin. Thank you. Take care.